Welcome to Pulp Fiction. We are doing an episode this week in honor of the legendary horror movie director Wes Craven, who unfortunately passed away this past week. And uh, in his honor, we are going to review A Nightmare on Elm Street. I am Brandon Rabar. I'm joined as always by Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jamison. And um, this is going to be a fun episode because just like last week when Rachel had never seen E.T. the Extraterrestrial and Jacob and I had grown up on it and loved it and we got her first time thoughts. Jacob has never seen A Nightmare on Elm Street until this week and uh, Rachel and I grew up on it and loved it. So it's going to be kind of fun to get a first timer's perspective on it. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I, I, I'll say this, I'm excited and Jacob's done a good job of not showing his cards and letting us know exactly what he thinks but i feel like he didn't really like it nope it doesn't really sound like he liked it and it's interesting because you know obviously we love it he doesn't really like horror movies but he likes well done horror movies typically but i've always felt like not on elm street was a well done horror movie but I don't think he thinks so. So we're gonna we're gonna find, and it's kind of a bummer because we're doing this in honor of Wes Craven, and, and this is this is his like biggest movie, and we're gonna you know Jacob's gonna take a crap on it. So, but you know, but you know, there's the breaks. Fine. He's dead. He can't hear it. Oh, yeah. Um, the only Wes, help me on this because the only Wes Craven movies I really know. I mean, did he ever do anything that wasn't a horror movie? Uh, not really uh, I, I don't think so I mean the other ones his big ones were A Nightmare on Elm Street Scream Last House on the Left The Hills Have Eyes and then some of his lesser known but still pretty big ones were People Under the Stairs Swamp Thing Shocker Red Eye uh, those are some of the ones off the top of my head yeah I think I saw Red Eye actually but um, other than that the only really true Wes Craven movie I know is Scream and I mean, did he even do the sequels to those, you know? No, no I, I think he just did the original. Yeah. 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 Just like the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, sort of. Sort of. He did come back and do a new nightmare. Um, and part of three. Dream, oh, yeah, that's Dream right. Warriors. That's right. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? <laughs> You just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. It's in the John puking since he saw it. They're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? something wrong with you you're imagining things nightmare on elm street do you believe in the boogeyman no whatever you do don't fall asleep she's the only one who can stop it if she fails i'm your boyfriend now nancy no one will survive Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. So we're going to review A Nightmare on Elm Street, of course, released in 1984. The uh, synopsis is this. Several people are hunted by a cruel serial killer who kills his victims in their dreams. When the survivors are trying to find the reason for being chosen, the murderer won't lose any chance to kill them as soon as they fall asleep. That's, that's a, a terrible weird description. That's a terrible description. Yeah. What a horrible Failed synopsis. whoever submitted that. Uh, J.S. Golden. We need to start calling out. I'm going to start <laughs> sending them messages and let them know that we're using their synopsises. And it was terrible, J.S. Okay, so I'm looking at my IMDb score. I gave it a 10. IMDb gives it a 7.5. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 94%. So critics love it. Audiences, of course, loved it. It became one of the most beloved horror series of all time. 
uh, made uh, a star, of course, of Robert England. Uh, Johnny Depp's one of his very first films. Uh, I believe it is his very first film. His very first film. Uh, Rachel, you loved it. I loved it. And now we're going to hear <laughs> from Jacob. Jacob, what? First time ever watching it. Give us your kind of your initial thoughts, and we'll tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I didn't like it. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Look, there's actually some pretty cool shots in there. Uh, specifically the one where his hand comes up in the bathtub. I thought that was a, mm. probably a the best shot. shot of the movie. Iconic shot. Uh, there's some other uh, tricks with the camera or just like some special effects I thought were really, really cool. I'll, I'll clearly give him credit for that. But overall, it was a storyline. It was the... Storyline? Oh, the storyline story was so stupid. Terrifying. It was so stupid. Stupid I mean, like, how so? It, wasn't like, it was nothing to do with like I was scared because I didn't really jump at anything except for when it came up behind the bed towards the end of the movie. Mm. But... Um, I was never really invested at any point. And I didn't play on my phone or do anything like that while watching it. I try to really focus on the movie and That's that good. sort of thing. But um, there were just so many cringe moments throughout the, the, the movie that just kind of made no sense. Um, you know, I wrote on my phone, but they're going to be kind of sporadic. Hold on. I'm going to try um, to guess a couple. Like if I were going to and, – and I'll let you list them all. But now I love the Nightmare series. Love it. I've watched the first one probably a dozen times if not I've more. watched it way more than that. Um if I were to guess cringe moments, maybe like when she gets on the phone and his tongue like... Actually, no, that didn't bother me. Okay, because that's a pretty iconic... Yeah. Cringe, cringe like, whoa, that's bad, or cringe like... Cringe like she's across the street yelling at her family to come and get her, and they're like, okay, just hang on one second, you know, when they're across the street, you know, re, uh, looking to Johnny Depp's... Right. You know, uh, right. Her dad. But they, but they, yeah. And, okay. and they're like, well, maybe I should go tell her father, you know, and just like kind of really annoying things like that. Just, this is the part with horror movies I always have problems with anyway, which is, what's the rational decision? What's the... What's a reasonable reaction? But they kind of thought she was crazy at this point. Like, yeah. they didn't, she... I didn't feel like they did a very good job of portraying that at all because it was more so, you need to get some rest, honey. You know, like kind of in that same area of that scene, she's like, you know, hey, daddy, like, I'm going to go to bed in 20 minutes. I want you to come over. He's like, you're right, honey. You know, you need to get some rest, you know. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, it's just, of course, in that 20 minute time, she and booby trapped her entire house and managed to fall asleep in 20 minutes. But you know, whatever it's whatever. <laughs> okay, I will. I do remember yeah, that's... specifically. That's so funny because every time I watch the one thing, I'm like, eh, she did set up all that stuff pretty quickly because she does tell uh, whoever it's right. gonna be twenty minutes. That, right. that was. But I mean, it's horror movie, so like uh, that. I, that I that makes it. it excusable. Well, I mean, there are... I'm not saying that, but I mean that was in my watching it that. And the very last shot of the, the yes. mom going through the door, the only Which, two things that I have a problem with. We'll get back to Actually, that Actually, that shot. didn't bother me at all. Actually, that whole that whole ending scene or sequence, which I know we're kind of jumping ahead here, has my curiosity, which I'm going to ask, which I'm hoping y'all might know some answers to it. So, you know, that part was kind of cool. But really just the setup, like the clunkiness of him reaching for people and grabbing at them and just kind of falling downstairs. It was almost just, it was, yeah, it was clunky. Um, oh. and, you know, and I had to think that, you know, this is 1984. How many kinds of these movies have been done? I'm trying to think in that perspective as well. Mm-hmm. But there's there are too many movies that came out before this movie that they're not like that. They're not that just like, come on, guys. Like um, what? Like... Like the clunkiness of... Um, so definitely when, when Freddie's chasing him around and, oh God, and her mother being a drunk and having these kind of issues and also tanning too much, that's <laughs> that's just me picking it apart there. But but I mean, like all of a sudden, like it's like, I read another synopsis where Freddie is a pedophile and he had something to do with their parents. He is a pedophile. Okay. And then, and they burned him. And so now he's coming back to haunt their children. Right, that is so correct. You're, I'm not sure that ever really was, except for the one scene where the mother kind of pulled his claw out of, you know, a, uh, a, a, an old oven, stove oven, right. or whatever. If that ever was fully addressed. She, if I had not read that before I saw the movie, she does explain that they killed him, mm-hmm. uh, and she had his glove. They left. What happened was the child molester part was going to be very obvious. They were going to bring that up. But in the news at the time that this was going to come out, there was a very huge story about, um, I believe it was at some sort of school, that kids were being like systematically molested. It became this really big deal. So they decided to cut that. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's understandable. That's but un- in, I, I believe in the later movies it becomes 
clearer that he's a child molester, but that was supposed to be a part of the original plot that they had to draw. But I mean, but they I, mean, I, cover... I certainly understand that. But I mean, watching it, you know, 35 years later, if I went, were talking to two people who were fans of the movie, I, you know, how would I ever know that? Does that make it fair? Uh, I don't but know. They do but they do cover, do you mean just the molesting specifically or just the fact that he was a child murderer in his backstory? Well, I couldn't even figure out, like, because what, that... why, why these kids? Why, you know... Because they're the... The parents were the ones that well, now, killed now him. I, yeah, I know that, but they never really said why just these four kids. See, I always outside that, of what I read, yeah, I always I, thought that I, was I, really clear with the scene where she takes the the glove out of the. Friends. Yeah, I, I I never really questioned because she what she is saying we killed him. He was he was killing. Like, you don't the need to worry about him. We town. killed him. He's dead. Yeah, but did they ever this. say like we when they said we? Did they ever say like you know? How was it? Tommy's mom or no? They didn't. Oh, I don't think they it was specifically. Dad, it was, I don't uh, think it was specifically those kids uh, necessarily. Yeah, Tina, but you know, Tina's parents. That would have made total sense. And I think it's just important enough he's, to. He's going after the kids on Elm Street. It, okay. It's not even these specific. Like these parents did it, so I'm going to attack specifically their kids. It's just he attacks the kids on Elm Street. <laughs> I, that actually is so literal. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> 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 so you like it now? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. no, there's still like too many things, and we could even watch it together sometime. And I could just—I'm still trying to process some stuff. To be honest with you, I watched it at ten o'clock last night, and I fell asleep in the last fifteen minutes of the movie. Oh. so I had to watch that last fifteen, right? Uh, you know, today. this afternoon, and um, so I don't know. I, uh, let me let me talk about the things I thought were really cool. Um, I thought the Tina's death. Mm. was pretty cool. I love Tina's death. How she rolls around on the ceilings. And yes. usually any movie where they kind of pull that off, you know, it's, it was pretty fascinating. I mean, I thought Johnny Depp's death was awesome. It's crazy. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I was mean, like going like, whoa. I mean, that's the thing. I love <laughs> the death. Nuts. Those are like two every... of the best deaths. Yeah, there were some yeah. really, really cool special effects throughout yeah. this movie. I, I'll totally, totally give them that. I have no qualms with the special mm. effects. It's more so just the nature of the storyline and the motivations or... Really? You know, I mean, because I totally. think it's such a cool... And, and I, I, I thought... For, I mean, like, he got bested by a chick. I mean, at the end of the movie. But did he? Like, but did he? Oh, I know. I know. And yeah, that's kind of like where, you know, kind of want to ask you about that ending part of it. But, I mean, but up until that point, for, you know, two hours of the movie or however long it was, you know, for, for, I don't know. But some of the, the, a lot of the deaths are really cool. I thought... Uh, what's the guy's name? Todd... Tommy. Oh yeah, Todd. I think it's Todd. His whole character in Jenna was so cliche and annoying. But was it cliche in 1984? I don't know. Right, yeah. And that's just, Rod is his name. Rod. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, is that fair to criticize it? I I don't know. But no, and I just was invested in no way in this movie. Outside of some of the special effects. Trying to be open-minded about it. It certainly didn't scare me. You never creeped out? Most horror movies don't scare me. Most of them just annoy me. Because of the rationale behind them. That's why some of my favorite ones, it's like, oh, wow, this is like legit, legit. But then a lot of people's reactions or maybe the motive, mm, how characters written or the story, some of the storylines just don't play out. It just are silly. I don't know. Like, like, we're not creeped out like when Tina was in a body bag. No, actually, I wrote that down. I thought that was oh, really cool. I, love yeah, I thought that's, that was really that's... cool. Like, uh, so they, they, there, there are so many missed, that's maybe, maybe that's what it was. There are so many missed opportunities to me, to really just freak someone out. Because I thought her death, I thought the body bag stuff was really cool. Um, I thought, like, the staircase, uh, you know, quicksand. Uh-huh. I thought that those elements were, like, really awesome. Shoot, when she, like, that whole bathtub scene, her being sucked down. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really cool sequence. There was some really cool stuff. But then, but then there are other times in their dreams where it was just, yeah. It just didn't work, it just didn't work for me. Interesting. It's interesting you didn't like the storyline because what I think people find so interesting about the entire Nightmare on Elm Street is that everybody sleeps, everybody dreams. Like no one is exempt to Freddy. Anybody, like he could attack anybody at any time. You can't not sleep, uh, which I think is is kind of what makes him universally terrifying. Not only universally terrifying, but unique. I mean, every other you know murderer. That's in movies, whether it's a slasher, like a Michael Myers type or a Jason Voorhees type. You know, it's a typical hockey mask uh, type slasher. Or, 
you know, you got supernatural ones, but it's a ghost or something like that. This right. is completely He's, he's like metaphysical. To... Right. Is exactly. he the boogeyman? Like, that's brought up several times. Yeah, it's times. brought up several times. Is he, so... simply put, is that who he is? Or, you know... I mean, I, I don't think that he's specifically the boogeyman. I think he's the Not boogeyman directly. to them. Okay. Right. Uh, all right. But, but it, was all, it was just a different type of killer. And, and uh, as opposed to all these other... Uh, iconic killers that don't talk and have no personality. They're just kind of this faceless figure that hunts. He talks and he jokes. He's like condescending and and, and all those things uh, while he's murdering. And he, he kind of like antagonizes them verbally. I don't recall him having much dialogue though. It was mostly like say, whispering their names. He and... doesn't have a ton of dialogue in the yeah. first movie. It's developed more in the later movies. Definitely. Okay. But he does have That's like, I'm your, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Like look, he has little one-liners in the first okay. one. Mm-hmm. That, um, right. Which is still more of a personality than Mike Myers or Jason. Mike or, Myers. Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it. <But>. Um, <laughs> he does not have more personality than Mike Myers. Now I can't think of who, what his name is. Michael, Michael, Myers. Michael Myers is the killer. Mike, like, Mike, Mike, Mike Myers, Myers is Austin yes. Powers. his name. <laughs> yeah. Me and him are really tight but like I, that. I still take Michael Myers any day over Freddy Krueger because, uh, you know, the elements in Halloween where, you know, scary guy who doesn't talk with a with a mask on. I mean, I love Halloween uh, and we'll get to that when we do our top five horror movies list. Uh, but I mean, I just think that Freddy was unique, and the storyline was unique. I'm just so surprised that you don't like the storyline. Yeah, because all the it was things so, that so I actually annoying. have some issues with. Not issues, like, I love it. Uh, but the things that I thought that you'd have issues with, you don't. No, like, is, it's, it, like the special being effects sucked through the window. Me. Oh, shoot, no, or, heck no, I didn't Or how that. cheesy it was that she was setting up booby traps, or... Not even yeah, how she kind of she kind of like, Kevin McAllister did. Yeah, she, it was like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So even I am like, okay, well, Jacob's probably not gonna. But no, I mean, I mean but like that sense. was a little it, that was a little but silly. But it makes but sense. Like, I don't... like you're a teenager, how do I combat right. this? And I mean, Johnny Depp's like, here's a book that can help silly. you. If you're looking at a horror movie, like I'm gonna take him down with booby traps. Like I get that. That and I actually kind of... like the way that she eventually takes him down because there was no way she was gonna be able to physically beat well, Freddy Krueger no. one. You know, he's a child killer, and he is a killer. So, I mean... Right. And he's uh, supernatural. That's what I was going to say. And then he's supernatural. <laughs> so, I love the whole turning the back to him, taking away the power. Like, I'm not afraid. He, he fed off of their fears, and that's how he got his power. So, I love I, I loved the storyline. Like, I'm so surprised. Nah, like, by the end that, of the movie, like, I, I wasn't... I was pretty checked out. But, like, when she has her, her back face to him in the bedroom after, you know, he's killed her mother... And uh, she's like, you know, I'm not afraid of you. It's like, when did you really, you just figured out like 15 minutes ago that who he was and his hat was in your parents' house. And it just happened. A lot of it happened really quick, I thought. A lot of the things happened really. The end moves a lot faster than the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like, okay, like say the death of Rod, for instance. That, that happened so fast. Actually, it was like one death after the other after the other, especially around that Rod area. It's like, it's like you know, we're just killing people to kill people here. Like, what's going on? Somewhere in there, her mom explains all that. But it, it, it's like, it's like this guy packed to a storyline here. I don't know. It just, it completely threw me or lost me. And um, I, I kind of wish I could have watched it one more time because I don't think I'm getting so giving very good answers here. But yeah. it, I, all my issues are with the storyline, with the rationale of people's reactions, things like that. I have no qualms with you know the special effects. One because it's 1984. You know, yes, it was kind of goofy when she gets sucked through the window at the end of it. Right. But maybe it's because at that point I thought the movie was stupid, so it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> like stupid's a harsh word because I thought there were some really cool special effects, but you know I just kind of checked out at that point. That's so See, crazy. And I thought it was really obvious that everybody around her kind of thought she was nuts. Like, no. Yeah, that, that that's was really that that was Because really, all the really kids are still to talking me. to her normally. Well, you know, well the kids, but her, the parents. Her the mom parents. all of a sudden is a drunk, you know, and her dad's kind of just being distant. Actually, his dad just seems like, her dad seems like he's spending the entire time at the police department. And that I can't even really figure out their relationship throughout the movie. Yeah, I mean, they, he's definitely, I mean, the mom and dad are divorced. Um, but you know, they still live in the same town. He's the sheriff or whatever. Um, and mom he's, is a drunk, but they're both like, dude, we killed Freddy Krueger 20 years ago. What? You're crazy. I mean, like I mean, if, yeah, you're, if your kid comes up to you and like, Hey, I'm being haunted by this guy named Freddy Krueger. You're like, Hey, listen, 
you're you may be a little crazy and you need to sleep you haven't been sleeping like it was just like get some sleep you're being crazy freddy krueger's dead we killed him right but the kids believed her because kids right, are kid. more inclined to believe. Well, plus they were having things. the same nightmares. Right. Don't you think, though, if she said, hey, Freddy Krueger's coming after me, mom and dad, they'd be like, oh, Freddy Krueger, that's the guy we killed 20 years ago. This is well, kind of concerning. You'll notice How does our that, daughter know about this stuff? You'll notice that she was just saying, like, I'm having these nightmares. Someone's trying to kill me. It's not until she brings the hat out and shows it to her mom that her mom's like, oh, you, you're having a dream about Freddy Krueger. Look, he's dead. Look, here's the evidence that we killed him. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she was saying, oh, Freddy Krueger's trying to kill me. And they were like, oh, no, that's not possible. As soon as they figured out that it was Freddy in her dreams, then they explained to her that there's no way that it could be Freddy. Right. And, and I mean, you still wouldn't think, I mean, because, you know, you most people don't believe in the supernatural. And you obviously don't, if I kill Rachel and then, you know. Somebody tells me a few days later that uh, Rachel's, you know, attacking them. I'm like, ah, I killed her. I mean, that's weird being crazy. And I Uh, I see that you haven't slept for like a week now. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, I have to mention, did you like the score? Because I love the Uh, music. It was all right. It was okay. Really? Yeah. It was, I mean, this might be just where I've heard too many horror movies and um, I thought it was just okay. Really? Yeah, yeah. I love this. It's one of the too. iconic. There's a lot of things. How about that... the one, two, Freddy's coming for you? And yeah, I creepy. noticed that. I thought that was okay, especially when she was kind of humming it to herself. I think in the bathtub scene, right? Yeah. Um, so creepy. Yeah, that that didn't bother me, but I thought the score was just eh. Really? Well, that's interesting yeah. because the score was there. There's a lot of things about Freddy that were designed just to be annoying basically like Wes Craven said that the red and green interesting choice of words like here's the deal the red and green on his sweater were picked because Wes Craven read some sort of article about how that is irritating to your eyes to have red and green next to one another yeah so that's why he chose those two colors the reason the score is like it is is because (laughs) because the chords go in illogical places like it's it's purposely designed to to just be different I don't know how else to describe it but the like chords? The, the chords oh, no, the, and the, gotcha. and the theme gotcha, 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 gotcha. and the score uh, are just designed to kind of oh I can to, see like the, you know weird. the minor tune that it's played in I mean and you know it's real simple you know in that regards and you know simplicity especially in horror films can really come like can really work um, I just didn't uh, I just didn't think it was that good compared to so many others I've heard especially in some horror movies hmm interesting very interesting i don't know i loved it i think it's it was creative it was different it was clever i think that freddie makes i mean you know when you're a kid you know child killers and and pedophiles and stuff like that i mean it's so scary and then of course as a parent of kids i don't have any yet but i mean that's the biggest fear also is is a child murder so you're kind of playing off of that um you know the whole dream thing is so much different I just think that the storyline is so unique and different than every other. It is other because I feel like you have a lot slasher. of. And I'm just so surprised that she didn't think it was well explained. I, I do think that I mean they kept coming back to. It's just that it was very quickly explained, and then they never went back to it again. Like it was just that one little five minutes, or if that, and and that's it. Like that's it. I mean, it was just. I don't I, know. I it, was it was never so unclear clunky. to me, though. Yeah. I, if I hadn't have read what I read beforehand, I might have been a little even more confused about it. But interesting, you know, I just accepted it for what it was. I love the deaths too. The deaths were so good. The deaths, uh, the deaths were great. Kind of, the deaths were kind of cool. So you know, and I didn't. I mean, I I actually didn't grow up watching it because I didn't grow up watching horror movies. But this Nightmare on Elm Street was kind of my gateway into horror movies, and that's why I love it so much. For but, horror, for horror fans, like is the big like some of the cool stuff that that y'all look forward to or like how are they going to kill this character and I'm being like you know that might sound morbid but I'm being serious it's like you know because when you say like, oh I mean, these deaths were so amazing like right. do you compare that to other movies going throughout it's just something you look forward to seeing I mean you <laughs> you know what I mean like, yeah, that's that's so weird, you do but... want a good kill a good yeah. unique kill yeah I mean anybody can stab somebody yeah how can you make that more interesting in a horror movie? Yeah, I'm just curious yeah, like is that I mean, something that horror fans because there's a lot of y'all yeah you know yeah. look forward yeah, I mean, kills are, are they're an element for sure. That's, but I mean, that's not why I love Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it's not as well, much right, as I like the right. kills, and it's not why I love Halloween or Psycho. You know, those definitely play a part of the overall bigger picture. But I mean, 
to me, Freddy was a scary figure. I mean, the 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 claws for hands, the the burnt face, the voice, uh, the fact that he kills you in your dreams. Those were all the things that I was so fascinated. That's why that I part's cool. Liked. That's what I'm saying. It might just be a missed opportunity on in my perspective, because it's right there. You know, this, I mean, it's this cool concept, but and again, this is 1984 we're talking about, so. You know, it just didn't work for me as a first-time viewer, I guess. To me, it didn't hold up, <laughs> which is like the worst thing. That, you know, if, if, if Rachel to be like, E.T. did not hold up, I mean, it's like detrimental. So uh, it just didn't work for I me. gave both E.T. It, and I right stream at 10. So. <laughs> um, well, okay, let's talk about this ending. I'm real curious, like, what you know or the theory behind it and all that. Well, the, I mean, either one. The, the ending itself, I, the story behind this movie is basically Wes Craven wrote it and nobody wanted to pick it up. Uh, it wasn't until he found Bob Shea at New Line Cinema that wanted to go ahead and take a risk on it. And they were actually a distribution company at the time uh, that they took on this. And Bob Shea ended up basically sinking all of his money into this and could have lost everything on it. So Wes Craven intended it for it to be a one-off. He didn't expect, because nobody would buy it to begin with, he didn't expect it to really be a big thing. They all hoped that they would at least make their money back on it, but nobody knew how big it was really going to be. Um, Bob Shea, however, really thought, we need to make this, we need to end it in a way that there can be a sequel. Wes Craven wanted to end it with her just walking out and going to the car and everything was fine. They compromised and uh, Wes Craven said, okay, we'll do the thing with the car. They, they filmed that several different ways with different people driving. One, one of the takes has Freddie driving. Uh, sometimes the top is down, sometimes it's up. So they recorded that a few different ways. But Bob Shea really wanted that scene at the end where she gets stuck through the window. And they had butted heads a lot. Um, but Wes Craven was like, basically, this movie wouldn't have got made without you. So whatever, you can have your ending, you can suck her through the window. But nobody's going to make a sequel of this movie. So where does the movie end if that was just a dream? Uh, in the bedroom of her mom's room? Well, well, it, it was going to walk in with her walking out there at the end just like she did and her, everything's no, no, fine. No, I, I know that was the plan for it was, but say say that dream, that whole end sequence didn't happen where we know it was that was a dream. Right. Okay. Then does the movie end where she's at the, you know, at the doorknob, you know, and Freddy like disappears behind her? Is that the was that the last or was it was she with her dad? I can't think already. I know you're there, Freddy. You think you was gonna get away from me? I know you too well now, Freddy. No. You die. It's too late, Kruger. I know the secret now. This is just a dream. You're not alive. This whole thing is just a dream. I want my mother and friend again. What? I take back every bit of energy I gave you. You're nothing. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out like what was the so even though I don't believe Freddie died like is he going to continue to haunt you know who's the main character uh, you know Nancy, Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. is he going to continue to haunt her you know I I I I figured out like you know okay that's an opening to you know a second movie even if I think if I watched this in 1984 you know not knowing that they were going to make you know right, five yeah. or eight more or whatever they did I mean it was like okay open window to another you know a sequel at least but. But I don't have closure with this moon in particular because it's like, okay, so she, I'm not afraid of you, Freddie. You know, you can't get to me. Right. And he, you know, disappears. Okay, well, where is my closure for this movie? Because he apparently can't touch her. So. This is why Wes didn't want to end it that way. So this is the problem then. This, this, Wes said basically if, if that's not the end, then why? Right. I mean, yeah, I mean at that point, it doesn't make sense anymore. And Wes was aware of that. But again. It was a thing for Bob Shea where he was like, fine, whatever, have your ending. Well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I do admit that I, if if they planned on it, on making more movies, they shouldn't have done the things that they did. But Wes wanted his ending and Bob wanted his ending. Well, that certainly so. explains why he didn't have anything to do with the second movie, right? Yes. Yeah. 
It does. And yeah. and they pushed the second movie out super fast. Just uh, to make a profit. Yeah, it came out yep. one year later. Yep. I saw it that. was not yeah. it was not a good movie. No, it was, it's the worst of of probably them all. Uh the writer didn't even like the first one. So he basically didn't follow any of the rules of it. They actually tried to save money by not hiring Robert England again to be Freddy. So they hired another guy and then they were like, wait, we really need it to be Robert England because there's shots of the other guy and he walks like a robot. It's just, it's terrible. So, hmm. um, there's a documentary and it's about six hours, four hours. It's four hours. It's called hours. never sleep again. And it's on Netflix. And it's, it's a documentary that covers the entire nightmare on Elm street series. And it kind of breaks down the entire, you know, series as a whole, but then it goes through individually each movie and you get all this information. So if you are curious about it, um, it's about a really interesting documentary. It is. I mean, if you like the series, it'll be really interesting to you. Yeah. And it has it has Bob Shea and it has Wes Craven. It has the it has uh, Heather Langenkamp who plays Nancy. Robert uh, England, and she is back in part three. And part three is probably the second best of the entire series. Um, and he co-wrote Wes Craven co-wrote that. I think. Does Bob Shea go on to produce all the other ones, or like did they ever work together again after this? Yeah, I think Bob Shea was I, yeah, behind. I so it wasn't was like, a ba- like a like a they burned or you know burned a bridge. No, right. they, they just they didn't totally agree on the first fine. movie. They they okay. butted heads a lot, uh, but they ended up being fun with one yeah. another. And they, I mean, and the Nightmare series ended up making New Line. So they call New Line Cinema the house that Freddie built because it it basically, like she said, it was a fledgling company, and then the Freddie series made so much that they became a big deal. Right. So well, the ending that's that just makes it even more disappointing for me, really. Because, because I thought maybe I missed something. I was hoping y'all could explain something to me, and and to know that it's just kind of like I see what you're saying. Because he, it's even more. She frustrating. took away the power, right? But then he's right. back. But then he's there. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. the first time I watched it, I had that same thought. I was like, so what was the point of that? If he's still alive, like, how did he just disappear? Why would he disappear if that's not really how you get rid of Freddy? Yeah. I had that same thought as well. Okay. Just, so it's not just you. Yeah. Uh, well, this is y'all's movie. Y'all's movie. This is your movie. So like. Uh, <laughs> Is there anything else in particular that y'all want to bring up or say or point out? Not not asking me, just that you really liked. I mean, I've, I've talked... Uh, I think I've kind of touched on all the things that I really like about it. I mean, I like everything about it. I love the score. I love Robert England as, as Freddy. Like I said, the kills. I'd never, I've the, never heard of Heather Langenkamp. This is pretty much all she did. Yeah, She's from Tulsa, she, though. She oh, is. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she is. Uh, she was in a TV show called Just the Ten of Us after this for a little while and has done some... Pre- she's not the greatest actor. She's fine. Really? <laughs> she's she's fine in a horror movie, as, but she's she's not the greatest actor. Obviously, Johnny Depp was, was the strongest in the... Ca- and Robert well, England. And John Saxon. And John Saxon, and he's a legit actor. He's uh, Nancy's dad. He's done a ton of stuff. He was actually yeah. he fought Bruce Lee. I recognize. So him. yeah, he was in all those. Uh, I think it was Enter the Dragon. He was in. But maybe I that's mean, why I recognize him. From yeah, him. he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, I mean, you could say Robert England's good, but again, he didn't have much dialogue. He just ran. Well, in the first Freddy one, outfit. you see a lot he more. Gets of it. So they, much more personality. Okay. Than yeah, the, the rest of the movies. Basically, I was really looking forward to that, and I was like, hey, he's not really doing much. Yeah, the, you know, he's just kind of running around with the you know with the nasty mask on. Yeah, the rest of the <laughs> movies is where he be, gets more of a personality, and he gets a lot more dialogue. Oh, and yeah. the, the movies really become more Freddy central. That certainly makes sense. Yeah, but had I never known there was a sequel to it, right. it just would be just just a right. mediocre, you know, bad guy. Hmm. Which just sucks. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. That's great. His he's look. Called, he's so creepy. He's got Freddy claws a as a hand. bad guy. How, how, he's he's one of the most iconic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> well, this was the episode where Jacob was wrong about everything. <laughs> and uh no, I just can't. but I love this actually. We we've we've covered a lot of movies on here and we've never just completely disagreed a whole lot except for when Rachel's telling her top 5 lists. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and so it was kind of fun. And I know that uh it's okay though because I'm going to get Jacob back because there's a there's a particular movie he loves and I've held it completely secret. One of these future episodes, if we ever do a most ever overrated episode, which we almost did this week, yep. and then Wes Craven, Craven saved me by dying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he also saved us from having to watch Avatar. So, yeah. well, all well Jacob, almost all of us. All of Jacob. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, Wes. Jacob. Yeah. It's all prepared, ready to go by Sunday night. 
<laughs> hey, Wes Craven had a lot of dark humor in his. I think he would appreciate my my kidding. He would appreciate it. Uh, but no, if we ever do a most ever rated episode, I'll I'll reveal. Just to as long Jake. as I've we'll seen have it enough times where when you oh, blindside me by it, I can. Oh, you it. have. Okay. Well, you'll, you'll be able. It's going to gonna be amazing. Yeah. Right. So just like I mean you, I mean I'm on Elm Street would be one of my top twenty five movies of all time, and you just took a big crap on it, which is fine. Because I'm not offended, so just remember that when we when we touch on yours. <laughs> That's fine. That I crap on. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, anything you'd like to add to Nightmare on Elm Street? No. Jacob's wrong. That movie is amazing. <laughs> I, I can see, since this was my gateway into horror, if you didn't love it. You just don't like horror movies. I think it just comes down to the fact that you don't like horror movies. Well, but that's not really fair because there's a lot of... gory compared to how many I've seen. Uh, he just didn't like... And that's fine. I mean, it's it's a difference of opinion, but, you know, that's... I, I can accept it. I can. I was hoping he would like it, I but he didn't. I, I, I mean, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You're, you're still wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, now we should touch on, we, we mentioned some of the other things that Wes Craven has done, but because we did this episode with him in mind, it, I will say I'm really, I was surprised by how many people through social media, Facebook and Twitter, like, um, were upset, were upset. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love Wes Craven movies. I mean, in particular had- the Nightmare and Scream series, but I didn't know he was so beloved. I, I didn't expect this kind of, you know, you know, pouring out of appreciation for Wes Craven. I yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think all all horror movie fans, whether Freddy is your favorite series or not, at least respect what Wes Craven did in the impact that he kind of had on on horror movies. And well, maybe ch- that's that's who we're hearing from. Well, he was he changed. He kind of was pioneering in three different eras. In the early 70s, when Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes came out, Last House on the Left was really controversial because, you know, the whole rape and revenge thing, and it was so graphic, and it was, the way it was filmed, it was almost, a lot of people felt it was like almost documentary style. Right. And so it was really shocking, and it was rated X when it came out. So was Uh, The Hills Have Eyes. So was The Hills Have Eyes. So those were really... And those kind of set the tone for a lot of the gritty stuff that you saw in the 70s. And then in the 80s, of course, you had Nightmare on Elm Street. And, you know, that that was a change from what we'd seen with with Michael Myers and with Jason Voorhees and the slasher thing. He took it to a different kind of supernatural level. And then in the 90s, he changed the entire thing uh, on its head with Scream. Right. Because it was kind of the first self-referential... That's almost started a whole new genre. It did. Yeah, it, it really did. did. It since did. then, it, it changed horror movies since then. Kind of the, the winky to the uh, wink to the audience, this meta thing. It kind of all started with Scream. And so Wes Craven was really pioneering in, in three different decades. Yeah, we had a good ways. decade of really bad slasher movies we did. outside of a couple good ones. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, he did have a profound effect on on the genre for sure. I just didn't expect, I guess, because I you usually see movie stars like people in front of the camera or singers. You see that kind of emotion. You don't usually see it for people behind the camera. Well, and I think partially it's because he was super popular before the internet was, especially like a everybody uses the internet thing. So. It's weird seeing things pop up on the internet now that I liked as a kid that I didn't know there was a community of people that are really into stuff like that. Yeah. So that might be part of it as well. Well, I mean, there, I, to me, there's a huge uh, following for horror films. And like, whereas I don't have hardly any attachment to Wes Craven, I never really have. I didn't really know this much history about him, really, than what I've learned tonight. I mean, I didn't know about the Hills Have Eyes and things like that. So, unfortunately to me, I have really no attachment to it. I think it is sad, of course, when anyone who I know is well-respected in Hollywood passes away. But whereas for the horror community, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal for you all. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I wish I had that reaction. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't. But I'm glad that people are reaching out and saying their thoughts. And that's good. Yeah. That, means he, that means he was respected and he did yeah. something. And so he yeah. got something, right? Absolutely. All right, so this one was for you, Wes Craven. We're going to talk about now um, things that we've been watching this week. Um, anything in particular. It doesn't have to be horror-related. This is anything we've been watching this week. Movies, TV shows. Jacob, anything off the top of your head? 
Oh, yeah. I um, watched a, a ton of movies this weekend, like old movies. I'm going to blast through a couple of these because I think they'll come up later on down the road. Mm-hmm. Basically, a cousin of mine who's you know a freshman in college came over to hang out at my house for the weekend, and he'd never seen Aliens, Die Hard, or Braveheart. Whoa. 19 wow. years old. He was born in like 96. Oh, okay. And so you know, there was just a bunch of movies he was going through. I was like, you haven't seen that? You haven't seen that? He never even heard of Goodfellas. What? Though he has heard of, like, the famous Joe Pesci scene, you know. Okay, you know, yeah, the yeah. Fun- I'm funny, whatever scene. Yeah. So he watched Aliens, Die Hard, Braveheart this weekend. Um, of course, loved all of those. That was a good film. That's good. That's, did you um, have a favorite among those? Yeah, well, I asked him that. He goes, man, I really like Die Hard. He goes, oh. I thought so, he goes, yeah. Braveheart was really good. He goes, what I think about it, Aliens was really good too. So, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was uh, not much. I didn't get much out of it. Um, I on, on, I watched Dances with Wolves, and we kind of brought this up a little bit because of the Goodfellas discussion. I it just I just happened to run across it on, on Netflix Friday night, and I said, "Screw it!" I just love that movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's so good, and I'm almost not so sure it. I mean, I I think it should have been Goodfellas out. So you think I it was think deserved? It's, I love Goodfellas. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I certainly think it's deserved. It's hard to compare those two movies. Oh, I was yeah, kind of going on forums, and that, yeah. everyone's like, "How do you compare these two? Yeah. When you think of greatest all times movies, you can easily put both of these movies in that category. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I I just always like the story and the cinematography is just beautiful, which yeah, it, it won is. for. But you know, um, if you've never seen that, I certainly suggest watching it. I went and saw Inside Out again this weekend nice. with my sister and her family because uh, she's got four children. Of course, we brought t- the two older ones. And um, I pretty much had the exact same reaction I did the first time. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but we, we actually did a, re- a recording session on this. We reviewed this movie and we accidentally lost it. So no one really knows our opinions of it for the most part. We've brought it up a couple of times. It still holds up. It yeah. is still really good. I still tear it up a couple of times. My sister said she cried the entire movie. Really? I mean, it's so clearly yeah. for adults and it's a cartoon movie. Yeah, right. what did the kids think of it? Oh, they, they loved it. Okay. I mean, like, they're, you know, walking out of it, you know, saying, like, you know, oh, I love sadness and I love joy or That's whatever. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, they liked all the funny stuff. Now, I mean, the parts that the adults were laughing, they were just kind of sitting there. Right, right. yeah, because it's, it's – that's what I'm interested – I know for a fact – Adults should love, like, I have no qualms about suggesting it to adults, but I didn't know how there were kids too many would like times it. that I was looking over at them and they were just kind of watching while the adults were all totally into the movie, right? right. So, you know, as of this recording, you know, and this, so I want to bring this up, this up also. So, it's nine, what is it, August 2nd today or September mm-hmm. 2nd? And that movie came out like what, June 16th ish? The, actually, the theater was still really crowded, really? it was like 11.50 showing, so there were still a lot wow, of families nice. in there. That's cool, and it, so like it's still really holding up, and it should be coming out on dvd it should yeah it's been out for a while so um you know i just think it's so much for more for adults Mm -hmm. and it just happens to be a pixar movie it's uh, it's a darn good movie that's awesome yeah good stuff uh i watched cobain montage of of have you all watched it yet not yet misty watched it so it was kind of on while it was there in the background but i wasn't paying attention to it Really good. I need to watch that. I mean, I'm a huge Nirvana fan. Me too. But when I watch this, it actually makes it really hard for me to watch this this uh, documentary because really, hate to say this, Kurt Cobain was a junkie and he was so anti-establishment, he almost becomes pretentious. And that bothers me to say that, but that's how he comes off in this documentary. That I always got that impression anyways, even without watching the too. documentary. It became yeah. really annoying. But focusing on the documentary and how it was done... It was really good. There's a lot of sequences throughout. You said you haven't watched it, Rachel? I haven't. Um, there's a lot of sequences even throughout it where, you know, they don't have old footage of him. So, like, they resort to, like, uh, cartoons, things like that to kind of tell the story. And, like, really well done animations. That's really cool. And there's a lot of, like, other montage sequences where they're, you know, they, what they did is, like, I don't know if they scanned in, like, a lot of his journals and things like that, because he had a ton of them. Right. And he was a, a consistent drawer and artist and did all kinds of just crazy out there art. Well, I'll tell you, it, it's not bad art by any means. It's just not really my style. And um, they kind of made animations to his That's cool. journal entries and things like that. So really well done in, in that regards. Um, pretty fascinating documentary. It's just kind of hard for me what I took away from it. As much of a Nirvana fan I, I, that I am, I just didn't realize he was that much of a heroin addict. Right. And um, he and Courtney Love, they were messed up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sad. absolutely. Sad. And I know all the conspiracy theories out there about yeah, her and all that. And I, I certainly 
even more so don't believe him after watching this. He right. was just a depressed person. Yeah. And uh, just kind of a sad deal. It was a sad Really deal. good, though, if you hadn't seen it. Yeah, I need to watch that. A couple other things real quick. The trailers for Macbeth dropped. That's uh, starring uh, Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. Looks really, really cool. And then the, the trailer for The Danish Girl dropped. And I don't really know what I'll think about the movie, but Tom Hooper is directing it. Yeah. And, of course, he did... Uh, um, Les Miserables, mm-hmm. and of course, I really like the King's Speech. I think he's got a really good, just his, the look of his movies are amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I like the Danish Girl. I don't know if it's really geared for for my taste. Yeah, the premise. But I so. think Tom Hooper makes you know really really good movies. So you know, I'm really interested to see it. The last thing I think I want to bring up. This is the last thing I want to bring up. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is now on Netflix. I saw that. The one that Michael Bay directed. Yep. Did you rewatch it? I've never watched it, period. Oh. I refuse to go to the theater and watch that movie. <laughs> and even now so, it's like, do I still have any interest in watching this movie? Because I am so anti the fact that he's directing it. And I don't care that they're rebooting it. Reboot it as many times as you want with a damn good director. And I'm just so angry about this. Now, did you all, you both saw it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, would you watch it again? Uh, here is the deal I had with, obviously, it doesn't hold the candle to the originals, and I didn't really like the way that the Turtles looked. I will say it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. The My biggest problem was it was kind of the April O'Neil show. It was the April O'Neil story. They focused so much on her, and of course, Megan Fox is a... Terrible actress. Terrible actress. She's nice to look at, but she's a terrible actress, and they focused so much on her. When the turtles were actually on screen, they did a decent job with the turtle. Like I was when the turtles were on, it was kind of fun to watch. I still had some issues. Um, I will say also probably the biggest thing in the original turtles movies. You know, you know that Michelangelo is a party dude. You know that Raphael is the one with an attitude, and Donatello is the smart one, and Leonardo's the the hero. But there was more to them than just that. Uh, as funny as it sounds, you got to really... There's a brotherhood. Where there's the, a brotherhood, the, and the they actually movie. kind of fleshed out the characters. And this, it's very... Michelangelo's always party dude. I felt uh, Raph's just attitude. Donatello's just... Like, I think that they just, like... Picked that one aspect of Right, and yeah. yeah. Exploded it times five or something. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. They weren't yeah. very fleshed out. But, but when the Turtles were actually on... It was fun to watch. I think inevitably, I'm just never going to watch this movie. I'll summarize by saying I saw it and I rated it and I gave it two stars for didn't like it, but I didn't mark I hate it. <laughs> I'm just so angry about it. I'm so angry Understandably, about it. Understandably. I, I was super mad before it came out and not expect, I'm not super excited about it now that it's been out. It's, it, you can not watch it and you're not missing anything at all. There's one last thing I forgot to bring up. And we have to tread lightly on this because Brandon and I can go for a long, long time. Oh, I see what you pulled up. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I watched uh, the first three episodes of uh, this season's Hard Knocks where they're following the te- Houston Texans. Yeah. Camp. So if I'm going to keep this as in a movie podcast, you know, TV podcast angle. No, screw that. How tell me, they direct. Tell me when Arian oh, Foster is going to come back. Houston Texans defense team. is stupid good. Like, yeah. the name dropping on their defense is insane. Yeah, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. Clowney. Clowney. You got C- Brian Cushing. Yeah. And you've got um, Vince Wilford. Yeah. And uh, that's just the front eight. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know much about their secondary, but I mean they're not terrible. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, they're going You know, their first round pick was a cornerback. So yeah. their defense is stupid good. But from a directing standpoint, is I always thought this show was so beautiful. Yeah, it is. Actually. You know, for someone who likes NFL films mm-hmm. and the slow motion and when they you know, when they um video at this high, you know, high res so they can slow it down or high speed rate, I guess, frame speed so they can slow it down to the slow-mo stuff. It's just some of those beautiful, you know, shots. Whether it's a, just a movie in general or find a documentary, yeah. Um, of course, I've always liked the Hard Knock series. I've watched every single season. Yeah. Have you watched this season? Uh, I haven't watched this season. I, I sporadically watched it. It'll get you them. jacked for football, man. Uh, I, I, mm. I'm already jacked, so I probably shouldn't watch it to get that much more jacked. My problem with it is, like, usually when I watch TV shows, Misty watches them with me, and I don't want to watch, you know, because the Hard Knocks with girls with football, I found like <laughs> they'll they'll. I'll tread lightly here. They, they, it's all about personality to them. Like the players, like, uh, 
So if, like, let's say I'm watching it with Misty, if there's a few Houston Texans whose personality she'll like, she'll start to like them, and then I'll find <laughs> her kind of, like, probably cheering on the Texans a little bit because she's kind of bonded with these guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been doing my best to make her a Cowboys fan, so I can't watch that with her. So I'm going to have to watch oh, it on my own. You have a whole other behind <laughs> yeah, that. I got yeah. you. I got <laughs> you. Let's not say this is just ladies in general. <laughs> yeah, for the most That's, part. You are trying to turn her into a Cowboys fan. That's a it's little different from Cowboys somebody who suck, but whatever. is an established Cowboys fan. <laughs> they were fun to watch last year. But, oh, they screwed that up. I got her on DeMarco. But that's why we probably shouldn't talk too much longer <laughs> hey, about sports. <laughs> Okay. Um, There's all, all three of us are big sports fans in this room. Yes. As well as movie hounds. Yes. As long as I don't see a documentary about a nice football player and I decide to like a different team. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Rachel, what have you been watching this week? I haven't watched a whole lot. I did follow through and watch uh, The Goonies. Nicely done. As we discussed. What did you think? It was a good movie. I'm glad uh, that I watched it. Only a good movie? I I am not you. I didn't give it a 10. But I enjoyed it. I give it an 8. That's good. For a this first time not, watch as, a, as an it, adult for a kid's movie? Yeah, an I eight. enjoyed it. But I completely understand why my mom didn't let me watch it. When after re-listening to the podcast from last week, both of you were like, no, I don't know. It's perfectly fine for kids. I don't understand. There's a lot of stuff in there that is not perfectly fine for kids from a lot of parent standards. Remind me. Um. Uh, well, there's a lot of dirty jokes in it. Okay. Um. There's a like mouth was saying. I can't remember what did mouth say. I know you can quote the entire movie. Yeah, I can quote Where, the entire movie. Well, when he's uh, <laughs> when he's true. translating the Spanish, but he's not. Oh really uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he <laughs> yeah, that's true. When uh, Rosalita in the beginning, uh, mouth is translating. For, for Mikey and Brand's mom, and he says that there's sexual torture devices up in the attic, <laughs> and then he tells her that she has to separate the drugs, like put the marijuana, the heroin, yeah, in one drawer, the cocaine in one. That's not that bad. Yeah, my come mom, on. What kind of mom, wimpy kid were you? There's a lot of things that my mom actually really didn't care about, but for some reason, it was always a sore spot with kids that are disrespectful to adults. Not okay. They with weren't. That. They weren't. All right, I'll the, give her the that. The Goonies weren't really disrespectful towards it. That's to pretty the, disrespectful to, to an adult. Who Rosalita? Yes. It wasn't. Just, it was jokey. It's mouth. Mouth's she a, didn't know. Mouth. She, she a, really. She was all freaked mouth out. Mouth was a bad egg. Well, I can't. I couldn't watch. That <laughs> hey, how weird was it to see Josh Brolin as a young so kid? So weird. In it? So so yeah, weird. Brandon's yeah. like, hey, that's Josh Brolin. I was like, holy crap, that is Josh it Brolin. Took, I mean, like, I didn't realize Josh Brolin was who he was until I think. Um, Oh, what one best picture? Um, no country, for no old country men. for old men. It was like that's the guy from Goonies. Yeah, <laughs> um, that, so was, that really weirded that was cool. me out. But my my only issue because I I'm looking at my my you know I gave it a nine out of ten myself. So you know my only issues I ever really had with Goonies was sloth. He just was uh, annoying, you know, all that stuff. The rest of the I love the adventure. I love the story, and um, I'm glad you liked it. Mom also not big on kids cussing. They cuss. Yeah. Oh yeah, they so. do. But it's always hilarious when they cuss. You know, oh, they a, lot of, a lot of movies, a lot oh, of movies in the eighties, especially PG or whatever. A lot of kids cuss. Think about Marty oh, McFly. Yeah. Think she about she didn't like that. Even in ET, like yeah, yeah. The, true. the kids cuss. They did because so. kids cussing is funny. Yeah, it, it is, is funny. funny. They don't do it enough anymore, personally. Yeah, they do. It's like kids cuss, by the way. Exactly. And, they and when they're trying to cut that stuff out of movies, yes. it's like you're not you're not being true to yourself. It makes them less realistic. I think that the kids in the eighties were more realistic. Because yeah, they, they all the potty mouths on the kids in the eighties. Come on, <laughs> current kids. That's what that just made those movies, those movies so great. It yeah. just seemed like that's I could relate to this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, f you, Rachel. <laughs> Anything else you saw besides Goonies? Um, very quickly, my brother and sister in law and I have started going through. We're going to watch every of the top ten box office movies from every movie from nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety nine. Cool. Um, with the exception cool. of if we've actually seen them enough, like like Back it, to the Future, Back to the Future, things like that, we're gonna go ahead and skip those. We also each get a veto for each year, so potentially three movies could be vetoed each year if we just really think that we can't stand it. Are you going it. in order? We are going in order. Um, we watched. It's not good. Stir Crazy. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. I've never even heard of it. Um, we bad. It we was... bad. That's right. We bad. Uh, That's all I remember from that movie. The and they dressed three? up as chickens. Is it the top three? Top ten. 
top. Oh, we're doing the top ten of every year. This is going to like take you a couple years. We then. Sh- we did the math. We'll be done in like May of 2017. That's awesome. This is a large. That's pretty cool though. Um, but just, uh, if you haven't seen Stir Crazy, the wee bad part is the the only good part. Of That's Stir all I remember. I, I liked it as a kid, but and, that's the only part I, I remember. I mean, you think like Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in a comedy. This can't be that bad. But it walks a fine line of being. They think they're being funny, but it really just comes off being super annoying. Did you say so. you're doing it from 1980 to present day? No, to 1999. Okay, so that that's like um, 20. That's 200 movies. It's that's, a lot. I mean, like, but we've seen a lot of them. We vetoed two to three each year. Some years we didn't veto. Cool. A lot, well, but, that's cool. Um, uh, so we're gonna run into to a lot of movies that I probably should have seen, but we good, started though. it off. Next that's week good. we will be watching Nine to Five. Nice. Oh, have you never seen it? I've never seen it. It's a really fun movie. It's so. a really good movie. Um, is what? Can you write down the ones that you veto, just in case? Like Brandon and I, like say it's a mm-hmm. uh, what's the one that won Best Picture in nineteen eighty that no one knows about anymore? Ordinary it, people. Yes, ordinary people. Yeah. So like, if you veto something like that, whereas like oh, I don't know what this movie is, well, right? You know, that way we might be able to say, hey, you actually might want to check it out because it did win Best Picture or there might be something cool about it. Agreed. You don't have to. My brother vetoed Tootsie and I'm not real happy about that. You have to watch Tootsie. But you've seen Tootsie, right? No, I haven't. But like, like if the point point of it is to watch like the biggest movies of a year, you you can't But just just because they're the biggest movies doesn't necessarily mean that they're movies that you should see because we're going to have to watch Smokey and the Bandit 2. Okay, well, yeah, so that's, not all that's of them. Like, I would veto yes. that, but yeah. Tootsie, but yes, we need to see. Is there a reason but why your brother, like, has he never seen it? or he Hates just... hates women dressed up as men. Oh, this that's is so different, so, though. Yeah. We stopped him from vetoing uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. We had to veto his veto to make him watch Mrs. You Doubtfire. You should have vetoed his veto on Tootsie as well. I might. I'll have to reinspect Do the year. Do two people have to veto or just <laughs> one? Because if there's a... If just it's... one. Okay, so my brother vetoed... We're Ms. like making stipulations. Yeah. yeah. Rules. Uh, <laughs> my brother vetoed Mrs. Doubtfire, but then my sister-in-law used her veto to veto his veto. If I really didn't want to see Mrs. Doubtfire, I could veto theirs, but then we're all out of vetoes. Uh, you can't veto any, anything else that year. Man, I want to start it led, like this. It led to some pretty epic fights, and it was fantastic. Uh. So we've already gone through and figured out the movies, but... As long as the movie hasn't started, if we've started the movie, we have to watch it. We can't go halfway through and be like, I hate this movie. I veto it. If you've started it, you have to watch it. But until then, we're allowed to shift things around. Tootsie's good. Tootsie is good. I, I want to see it. I can just watch it on my own. You should. That's true. I might need the veto in that other year. I'll have to see what else was around that year. That's cool. Keep me updated on that. I will. And that's it. That's all I've watched. Brandon, what have uh, you watched? I just want to cover two things really quickly. I saw No Escape, the uh, Owen Wilson, Pierce Brosnan, Lake Bell movie. And I got to say, I wasn't really that jazzed about seeing it. It only has 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, <coughs> 38% on Metacritic. Um, and I didn't think it looked all that great from the, the previews. But I got to say, I was – and maybe it's because my expectations were lowered um, – I thought it was a pretty good... It's an intense movie. It's basically Owen Wilson and his family go over to Thailand and they're killing Americans. He happens to be staying in this place and uh, they're really upset with the Americans because uh, they're kind of stealing their... They're overtaking their water supply. And so it's basically him trying to escape with his family. But like it says, there's no escape. It's it's hard for them to do. Anyways, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's kind of uh, like seeking a friend for the end of the world, like the title says it's so. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, I noticed that it's got a 7.0 on IMDb, which is a which is a pretty good score, and that's actually what I gave it. Uh, it's The reviews from critics are mixed on it, but it seems like audiences like it, and I'd say I line up. I typically line up with critics, my views, but on this one I'm kind of feeling that the only reason I can see for critics not liking it because it's a very intense movie I don't know the exact politics, like the real-world politics and how they line up. Maybe there's some inaccuracies, and maybe that's why critics don't like it, because of the political side of it. Because as a movie itself, it's a pretty intense movie that's worth a watch. So, How's Owen Wilson in a serious role? See, and that was my other thing. I had a lot of doubts about it, but he's not bad. Okay. I mean, he's he's I'm really right not that. bad. Yeah, he's he plays it pretty well. He's believable. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It, in a weird twist, 
Um, he's the you know straight guy, and then Pierce Brosnan is kind of the comic relief, which is weird. That is weird. Uh, but but it it's it's worth watching. Honestly, I was surprised. Uh, the the thing I really want to talk about though is Show Me a Hero. Rachel and I have discussed it a couple times on this podcast the last couple weeks, but uh, the last two episodes were this past Sunday, um, the miniseries on HBO starring Oscar Isaac, uh, created by David Simon, who did The Wire. And directed by Paul Haggis, who directed Crash. So you got, you know, guy that created one of the greatest shows of all time. Then you got a director who's won an Oscar, been nominated for a few, and then one of the best up and coming actors in Oscar Isaac, and really a cast full of really good character actors. Um, this miniseries is outstanding. Must watch. If you're listening to this, watch Show Me a Hero. You can watch it on HBO Go. Uh, you know, just find yourself a way to watch it. Uh, still, somebody's HBO account. It is really, really good. It's really, really good. The premise doesn't sound like it would be very good, but just like with The Wire, where uh, David Simon kind of took something that was mundane, um, you know, you got all these inner workings of a city and the political system and all those things and made it really interesting. He does the same thing with this housing issue in Yonkers that really happened. And all these characters are created uh, based on real people. Just watch it, please. Jacob, you got to watch it. It's, it's yeah, a really, I, really I good show. I just didn't get a chance to finish it this week, but I still, especially after what you all say, and I did like that first episode, and even more so knowing now that it's, you know, um, David... Uh, David Simon. Simon, yeah. I was thinking Crane. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's like, oh, well, that certainly makes sense to build up to what's going to come and establishing yeah. characters. Yes. Uh, first episode was really good. If, even if it is slow, don't give up on it. Yeah, it gets better and better. I'd it say does. the the Every first episode. episode is the slowest, and it, because you get you get involved and attached to these characters, uh, and while all this whole political thing is going on, you have these real world stories of real people um, that are being affected by this housing issue, the people that are living in the projects and want a better life. So you really get invested into their lives while all this, you know with the backdrop of this whole political issue that's going on. So, fascinating. Must watch. Show me a hero. That is Pulp Fliction. Uh, anything else you guys would like to add before we end the show? Nothing on my end. Thank you for listening this week. Uh, this show dedicated to the uh, one and only, the fantastic Wes Craven. Thank you for listening. Be sure to listen to our top five horror movies as well. <laughs>